He is risen. They got it, Kale. They got it. Today, I am so excited to be up here with you and, and worship with you and celebrate with you. A Savior that loved us all so much that he died, right? But he loved you so much, he loved me so much that he said, I'm not going to stay there. And today we're going to talk about the greatest story ever told. And I have to tell you how I am about stories. Some of you will start laughing because you know this. I will not watch a movie if there is not a good ending. I'm not kidding you. Recently, Jeff and I decided we would watch A Star is Born. I'm just going to tell you I was so mad for two days after that. Because I had seen the old one years ago. But I thought, no, no, no. They're going to change it. They're going to make this ending better. It cannot end this way. And I don't want to tell y'all, but just let me tell you this. He dies. He dies. I don't like those kind of endings. I want them to live happily ever, you know, ever after. I want them to have kids. I want them to have everything they have ever wanted and it all just fall in place. Amen. Sometimes stories don't end that way. Sometimes stories don't happen that way. But here's what I want to promise you is today, the story we're going to talk about, it's got a really good ending. It's got a really good ending. Amen? I love Easter so much. And today we've come to this like climactic place where we came Thursday to where we discussed the Last Supper to Friday. If you missed Friday, it was beautiful. And we discussed and heard beautiful scripture and music about the death of our Savior. That's not usually my favorite day, but I have to tell you, there is something really special about Friday. Because if Friday hadn't come, then Sunday could never come. Amen. But the greatest story ever told really started about, for us in the church, about six months ago when we met during the time of Advent. And what did we talk about? We talked about a birth of a Savior, a baby, this beautiful baby. What would happen in the time between that time that we celebrate his birth to his death? How he would grow, how he would heal the sick, how he would raise the dead. John the Baptist would be baptized. His teachings. How he would blow their minds and then what would happen? He would be crucified. Today I want to read from John 20. And I'm going to start at verse 1. Because this is a really good story. Early in the morning of the first day of the week, while it was still dark. Now, see, I knew it wasn't early in the morning. I've been up since 5 o'clock this morning. 
I'm like, Jesus, surely you didn't raise in the morning. You did at night, right? Amen? Amen? While it was still dark, see, the scripture even says so. Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. She ran to Simon Peter and the other disciples and one whom Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciples left to go to the tomb. They were running together, but the other disciples ran faster than Peter and was the first to arrive at the tomb. Bending down to take a look, he saw the linen cloth lying there. But he didn't go in. Following him, Simon Peter entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. He also saw the face cloth that had been on Jesus' head. It wasn't with the other clothes, but it was folded up in its own place. Then the other disciples, the one who arrived at the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and he believed. They didn't yet understand the scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. Mary stood outside near the tomb crying. As she cried, she bent down to look into the tomb. She saw two angels dressed in white, seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. The angels asked her, Woman, why are you crying? She replied, They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have put him. As soon as she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener. Uh Uh-oh. She replied, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Now, how did she think she was going to do that? Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned, and she said to him, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, don't hold on to me. For I haven't yet gone up to my father. Go to my brothers and sisters and tell them, I'm going up to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene left and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. Then she told them what she said to her. Now it doesn't escape me. That the first evangelist here was a woman. There are four books. Get a load of this. There are four books in the Bible that are in the Gospels that describe this very scene. Of the four, Mary Magdalene is the only person who is present in all four. Maybe that's because God knew (laughs) that to tell this story, it would require a bold, brave person. And so he chose a woman 
He chose Mary Magdalene. And let me tell you, this was not the time when that should have been a thing for a woman to be the one to share the good news. The oppression was so thick, and especially for women. You have no idea what a big deal is that it was a woman that told this story. How many of you know really good storytellers? You know some good ones? I do. I feel like one of the best storytellers is our pastor, Pastor Stan. Is he not an amazing storyteller? I also had the privilege of working under a gentleman named Ken Dean. And he could tell a story. Reminds me a whole lot of Pastor Stan. They could tell a beautiful story. But then there comes a time there are people in your life that they don't even have to tell it. They live it. They live the story. When I asked Owen, some people in his life that, that he thought told the story by their actions, it was interesting. The first person he mentioned to me was a lady named Harriet Tubman. Remember Harriet? Harriet is the one that in the Underground Railroad literally brought out thousands of slaves. And then one of my personal favorite movie stars of all time is Audrey Hepburn. I love Audrey Hepburn. Breakfast at Tiffany, that's one of my favorites. I love her. But let me tell you something about her that I did not know till about a year ago is that while she was a teenager, she would give private ballet concerts to raise money for the resistance against the Nazis. She let her life tell a story. Then when I come to my life and I think about people in my life that have told a story, Jeff and I both were unanimous on one of the greatest stories that we've seen is my mother-in-law. I call her my mother in love. Most of you know her. But about eight years ago, she was diagnosed with multiple myeloma. I didn't know anything about that except that was just a really ugly word. And through the process, we watched her go through treatment. It was totally the coolest thing to watch in the sense of how they were able to treat her. But she went through a transplant. It was grueling. She was very gracious. Complete class in going through it. The rest of us were a mess, but she wasn't. She went through it, flying colors. But then when I think about how she tells her story, every single time almost that I see her now, eight years, she celebrated her new birthday. She's telling that story to someone else that's going through the same thing. Oh, yes, I visited with such and such a friend that's about to start treatment. I visited with this person who uh, is going through treatment. One time we were, we were on vacation and she left to go talk to someone else's friend that was about to go through treatment. That's telling her story. story that we're reading today we find Mary a woman in a time 
that it would be hard to tell your story. Even before she knows exactly what happened, she sees the stone rolled away, but she doesn't go in. She knows something is wrong here. Her instincts take over and she runs and she tells her disciples, right? His disciples. Have you ever been in that place where you didn't know exactly what was going on, but you knew this wasn't right? Sometimes having all the answers isn't really required in a story either. Sometimes just believing, which is what Mary did, is all it takes to tell the story. And here's what I love, is that the cool thing about Mary in this is that she tells two stories. She tells two stories. First, she tells the story of he is not here. Hello. He is not here. But then, whoo, this is the best one. Then the second story, she gets to say, I've just seen Jesus. It takes bravery to tell that story. Some would have looked at her and thought she was crazy. It's not always easy to tell our story. Then what happens though when we do is that God begins to reveal himself. And at this point, that's where Mary was. She hadn't even looked into the tomb, but she knew something was not right. And she knew though that it was about to get good. She knew this story was about to get really good. Are y'all there? Now, here's my favorite part. She sees someone that she thinks is the gardener. Hello. Now, this part was really eye-opening to me. She sees a man she thinks is the gardener. And he calls her by name. I don't know about you, but when I heard Delana Lorraine, actually it went Delana, I knew I was in trouble. If Delana Lorraine came out, then I knew I was grounded. There was nothing like the call of particularly my mother calling my name. But can you imagine Jesus calling your name. And what I find in this sometimes is that sometimes I'm so busy either worrying or sometimes I'm so busy trying to figure out how is this, so, this story supposed to go that I miss the fact that he isn't the gardener. He's Jesus standing right there in front of me. But because I'm too busy trying to find Jesus, I miss Jesus. I'm so busy trying to figure out how to make this right and that right and going a thousand miles a minute in my life and wanting everything just to add up and be the way it's supposed to be that I miss Jesus. And then he says, Didi. And there's nothing like when Jesus calls your name. Ooh, and then that's when your story 
changes. Because it's really not your story, right? One of my personal favorite parts of a movie, when I went, have, have any of you ever seen The Passion of Christ? Okay. There's a story when Jesus has gone through the beating, the whole thing, they've thrown the cross on his back and he's walking the Via Della Rosa. And he falls. And when he falls, he falls at the feet of his mother. Now, as a mother of a boy, that would have been all over for me. But what does Mary do in that movie? She picks him up. She didn't take that cross. She picks him up like, go finish this. Sometimes our story is not always easy. We even know because of the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said, hey, if there's another way here, please. But Jesus knew this was a part of his story. Mary knew it was a part of her son's story. And there was nothing she could do but make sure that that promise was fulfilled. And she knew that that baby that started the story, that was the first chapter, she knew this was a part of it. Sometimes I have found personally in my life that those most difficult moments when I have fallen, that's when the good stuff is about to happen. That's when God shows up in a way that you're like, I'm at the end of my rope because I've let go, right? Because I'm not carrying what's not mine to carry. Then we get to the really good part of the story. In every good story, there's this beautiful opening, kind of a hard middle. And then if you're like me, I'm not going to read it or watch it once again unless it's really good ending. Once Mary recognizes Jesus, he tells her, don't hold on to me. Go tell everyone that you've seen me. Jesus tells her, I'm not yours to keep. You have to share me with your brothers and your sisters. You have to tell the story. I believe there were two reasons. I believe that it required her acting on her unbelief, her fear. She had wondered where he was. He shows up. He reveals himself. And so I believe that a part of that was God showing up and Mary acting on what she wasn't sure about. To be a true believer, a true disciple, a true follower of Jesus is to give witness with what you have experienced or encountered. 
To be a true believer demands that the story be told so everyone can know what Jesus' resurrection means to all of us. And the second reason I believe is only she could tell her story. Only you can tell your story. Only my mother in love can tell her story. None of us went through what she went through. Only she knows how to help someone go through that. She doesn't offer the disciples a third person, impersonal doctrinal statements. She offers them in the first person, hey, I've seen Jesus. Y'all, I've seen Jesus. Did you hear me? I've seen Jesus. Amen. It's like a first person. I'm not telling you what I've heard. I'm telling you what I've seen. story of Jesus' life from birth to ministry to death to resurrection is the greatest story ever told. But you know who has the second greatest story? You. (laughs) Because that first story, that first story didn't end just when he rose again. All of that All of that was a preface for your story. Did you know that? Some of you sitting there today go, sweetie, you don't know my story. You have no idea what I've been through. You have no idea what life has thrown at me. And you know what? You would be right. I don't. But God does. And he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his stripes, we are healed. I didn't even get an amen on that. Where is Viv? By his stripes, we are healed. He wasn't playing. It's wonderful to come here today and we come here to celebrate. We come here to celebrate a Savior who did not stay in the tomb, but he rose again. But he didn't do that just to feel good. He did that because he loved you. He did that because he wanted you set free from what you've been through. He did that to remind you that your story matters. He did that because he loved you so much. No greater love hath any man than to lay down his life for a friend and you belong to him. He laid down his life for you, but he didn't stay there. I love you, Ted. Maybe you are sitting there today and you're wondering, what does this have to do with me? I came with my mom because she made me. And maybe, I'm not saying anything to you. Let me tell you, the Easter story is hard and easy to preach because everybody knows he rose again. You've heard it before. But I think for me, the greatest part of the story is that it gives me with what I live on every day. If you don't know him, if you want a relationship with him, don't leave this place today without that.
There are several of us around here that would be more than grateful to pray with you, believe with you. Maybe there's something you're going through in your own life and you need prayer for that. The tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. You have a story to tell. The greatest story ever told. You have a story to tell. Now when I'm thinking about my story, my opening's kind of strange because yesterday was my birthday. And all I could think yesterday is now my birthday's on National Marijuana Day. Y'all, I am not kidding you. I told Jeff yesterday, I said, if my mother had known that, she would have sat in that hospital with her legs crossed and would not have let me be born till the next day. That's just what would have happened. So the opening to my story is interesting, but some of you aren't surprised at all, are you? I told Pastor Stan that the other day, and I said, now that explains it all, doesn't it? And he just shook his head at me, yeah? How does your story begin? How does your story, where is it right now in the middle? Because here's what you know is that your story has a wonderful, beautiful, amazing ending. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation purchased by God. I'm born This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. And this is my Father, we thank you. We thank you that we have a story to tell. The greatest story ever written, the story of a Savior that loved us so much that he was born as this beautiful baby, died as a Savior, but he rose again as a Redeemer. And Father, we get to carry that story. 
We get to share that story. We get to live into that story. And Father, we thank you and we praise you. We give you glory in this place and honor. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.